0: Creative
1: Babble. The Stalker series is hands down the most talked about pretend series of all time. It's a real head-scratcher, and I've had listeners tell me that they'd listen to it two, three times, hoping to find some sort of slip-up or some clue to help them solve the mystery. And 13 episodes wasn't enough. You want more. And you made that loud and clear. But remember, this story took me two years to report. These kinds of things take time to unfold. The series ended with Tanya and Rick Fernandez being indicted by a grand jury on charges of computer tampering and aggravated assault. This doesn't mean that the state of Arizona is accusing them of stalking themselves. They're making the case that the Fernandezes have repeatedly harassed the Gresmans and that the messages originated from their home. That's all we know, the grand jury who meets in secret may have presented even more evidence that we just don't know about. And the only way to find out is if this thing goes to trial in July. But that's the question, will this go to trial? At first I wasn't convinced. I thought for sure that the moment the state threatened some big, scary prison sentence that Tanya and Rick would fold and plead guilty to accept the lighter sentence. But that has yet to happen. I've been waiting patiently trying to learn more details about this case so I can give you a proper update. And I will. In this episode, I will tell you where everything stands with the trial. Also, I'm going to share some interviews that I recorded with Tanya and Rick that never made it on the show. Partly because it didn't clearly align with the central plot of the story. But now that some time has passed, these events do shed some light into the type of drama that this family has engulfed themselves in. I'm Javier Leva, and this is Pretend. Stories about real people pretending to be someone else. Hello. Hey Rick, it's Javier. Uh-huh. Hey, um, do you have do you have a second? Yes. Hey, I was wondering, I don't know if you want to talk to me or not, and that's I could completely understand if you don't. Uh, but mm-hmm. I wanted to just call and see how things were going and if you wanted to provide some any any more like of a statement or a reaction.
0: Mm, no. We're um no you'll you'll in in time you you'll 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 get the truth
1: what at the trial or and he hung up on me in time i will know the truth what truth this doesn't sound like a man who is ready to admit defeat This doesn't sound like a man who realized that maybe this prank went a little too far. To me, Rick sounds like a man who wants to fight this in court. Risky move. It's now May 2023, and the trial is scheduled for the summer on July 6th. If the Fernandeses choose to take this to court, you better believe that I will be there. And maybe Rick is right. Maybe the truth will come out. I, like you, have so many questions. For one... What's the deal with the baby? Remember the newborn baby that Tanya posted on her Facebook page the night before her arraignment? So bizarre. This is what her post said. Quote, surprise, our new addition followed by the baby's name and then the last name Fernandez. She ended the message by saying, quote, call us crazy. That's crazy, all right. And considering that I've been talking to these people for two years straight, and they never once mentioned that someone in their house was expecting a baby. A newborn baby, the night before the arraignment. The whole thing is just baffling. Some people thought that the baby was just a doll, and it could be. But I'm confident that there is a baby living in that house. Neighbors have reportedly seen the Fernandezes carrying a baby in a car seat in and out of that house. But who does the baby belong to? I have no idea. It's unlikely that it's Tanya's baby. While it's not impossible to become pregnant naturally at 55, it's pretty rare. It could be Chelsea's baby, you know, Dr. Gresman's former patient. Or it could be Logan, you know, the oldest daughter. Or perhaps it belongs to one of the male children. We can only speculate. I called Rick's cousin, who is a staunch supporter of the Fernandez's family, and she told me that she's not interested in being interviewed. She said, I'm disgusting and completely irresponsible. She too hung up on me. Well, I spoke with several of Tanya's extended family, and I got the impression that they weren't aware of the circumstances. Neither of them were willing to talk either. Remember, I've been cut off, and Heather, who you heard from in the series, has also been cut off as well. God only knows what's going on in that house. Has the stocking miraculously stopped since the podcast dropped? I'm betting it has. So what's this piece of tape that I've been holding off on? Well, it has to do with Tanya and Rick's neighbors. Can you imagine having to live next to these people? Let's go back to October 28th, 2022. Remember that voicemail that Tanya left me in the middle of the night?
2: Hey, Javier. It's Tanya Fernandez. It's literally 4.15 a.m. in Arizona on Friday morning. Anyway, if you want to give me a buzz, I have something to tell you that's absolutely insane.
1: And it was absolutely insane. Tanya and Rick claimed that they were woken up by police at 3.32 in the morning. When they walked outside, they were facing multiple cop cars with police aiming guns at their heads. Now, this incident actually happened. I'm looking at the police report now. A person contacted a suicide prevention hotline via a live chat, claiming that she has attempted suicide by taking multiple pills and has a loaded gun in her kitchen. Tanya and Rick explained to the police that they are victims of a stalker and that there was no suicide threat at their house. That very day, later on in the afternoon, Police are contacted again, but this time it's to a neighbor's house and it's another suicide attempt. A woman named Tracy reportedly slit her wrist and was carrying a loaded gun and a knife. This too came in from a suicide prevention chat online through a computer. When officers arrived at the scene, they knocked on the door, but nobody answered. It appeared that no one was home. Then the owners of the house began answering using their ring doorbell. They explained to police that they were out of town, and they don't know of a woman named Tracy. Now, I'm going to read directly from the police report, and I quote, A few minutes later, a neighbor directly across the street, who is later identified as Tanya Fernandez, asked if police officers were called for an attempted suicide. The officer said yes. You know, there's a name for these types of pranks. It's called swatting. It's when someone calls 911 in an attempt to draw a large number of armed police officers to someone else's house. And this could be dangerous. In Wichita, Kansas, police fatally shot an innocent man after a swatting incident. So this isn't exactly an innocent practical joke. After the swatting, that's when the pizza orders started being delivered again. But this time, instead of sending pizzas to random houses around Phoenix, the pizzas were sent directly to Tanya and Rick's next door neighbors. I have the receipts. One order was for $30, the other order was for $34. Both orders were placed using Rick Fernandez's phone number, using pay with cash upon delivery. According to the police report, when the neighbors received the fake pizza orders, they told police to go talk to the Fernandeses across the street because they are the ones responsible for the prank orders. The police report states that Tanya showed up to her neighbor's house and insisted that they didn't order the pizzas, despite the fact that their phone number was on the receipt. Last fall, I talked to Tanya about the pizza orders, and this is what she had to say.
2: Yeah, and the thing is, it's like, it's not like she had to pay for them or something.
1: Yeah. Tanya couldn't understand why her neighbors could possibly be upset. But according to the police report, they were really ticked off. Here is ring doorbell footage of Tanya coming over to her neighbor's house after the swatting incident.
0: I'm so frustrated right now. I can scream. And Holly's a cold bitch. She's like, thanks for bringing your drama to our neighborhood. Like, it's my fault that we're being stalked. Well, kind of is, right? I mean, if this is your soccer doing it, I don't appreciate being swatted. I don't appreciate well, people showing up at my when house. you Yes, and you saw it. You were standing across the street. When were you, you swatted? Know. Come on. I, we were swatted, and you you know we were swatted because you gave this, you showed the text to my friends after we left out of town. I did? You saw the police in front of here. You don't remember that Friday afternoon? Yes, I do remember yeah, that. Yeah. So why are you asking if I was swatted or not? I don't consider that when it swatted. Swatted or not? was always told that there's in here someone with slit wrists? My door could have been busted down had I was, not I had was, a ring. No one told me. You know what? what? I, I can't. I'm already filing harassment charges because against of all the time. Against delivery. Against, against the phone number that's doing this to me. So I need you off my property because it's already in the works. God. Okay, I've had so, Oh, boy.
1: It looks like Tanya was caught in a bit of a lie. She pretended she had no idea her neighbor was swatted, despite the fact that the police report clearly states that she ran over there immediately after it happened. Soon after this encounter with Tanya, the neighbor who was swatted filed an injunction against harassment. I called Tanya after all this went down.
2: It's just, here's the thing. We have reservations next week to take our kids to the Great Wolf Lodge here. And... That's the day that I have to appear in court to fight the injunction. So that pisses me off because I could be staying at the Great Wolf Lodge throughout that day with my family, and we have to leave at checkout because I have to be back in Peoria, which is a 45-minute drive, and be at court by 1.30 because of her.
1: That's right. The Fernandez family vacation was cut short due to the fact that it coincided with the injunction against harassment court hearing. I guess that could be annoying, but not quite as annoying as being woken up in the middle of the night because police swatting or having random pizzas delivered to your house. I called Tanya after the court hearing. Hey, Tanya, how's it going? Uh, it's going okay. How are you doing? Good. How was your staycation? Um,
2: We had a really good time. The kids had a blast. Rick had an amazing time. I just had that stupid court hearing that was was kind of hanging over my head. Yeah. That was today, right? (laughs) No, that was yesterday. How'd that go? Stressful. It lasted like an hour. The judge was just perplexed because he said that none of the parties, you know, the neighbors, the two neighbors and myself, none of us were denying that there's harassment going on. Um, It's just he has to decide whether or not I'm really doing it or am I not doing it? And, um, he said, I said, why would we use our old phone numbers to harass the neighbors? And I mean, we just had this long drawn out, um, kind of a, he said, she said type thing. And it was very frustrating. And, um, anyway, Did it ever
1: get like heated or was it just kind of simple? Well,
2: It was civil with the lady across the street, but the lady next door is insane. She's, there's something wrong with her. So she comes out with her dukes up and she, (laughs) she, uh, starts stating, Uh, reciting the Arizona statute for for, um, harassment, as if the judge doesn't already know that.
1: The court found that it is more probable than not that Tanya Fernandez engaged in a series of acts directed at her neighbors that would cause a reasonable person to be seriously alarmed, annoyed, or harassed, and that it did, in fact, seriously alarm, annoy, and harass the neighbors the trial court issued its ruling on november 21st 2022 granting the neighbors a petition for a harassment injunction against tanya fernandez is there anywhere is there anywhere that i can i can nominate her as the worst neighbor ever <laughs> worst neighbor ever really can you imagine living next to these guys what a nightmare especially with everything they have going on. You would think that this injunction against harassment, that the Fernandeses would lay low and just leave their neighbors alone. But nope. According to court records, Tanya appealed the court's decision and was denied. Neighbors also filed another injunction against harassment for her oldest son, who we're calling Will, you know, the level two sex offender. That hearing is coming up soon. Neighbors say that Will verbally harassed and threatened them when they asked him to get off their property. The neighbors say that they have video of Rick photographing their home and say that Will and James blocked access to their house. Again, why is a registered sex offender provoking a fight with their neighbors? Not a great look. How is this all relevant to the stalking case? Well, it just shows the level of drama that consumes this family. You and I are cringing right now, and they seem to be basking in it. It also shows the level of maturity here. I always assumed that the 30-something-year-old son Will would not want to be caught up in this mess, but it's clear that he's showing some signs of juvenile behavior, very much like the stalker. So what's next for the Fernandeses? Well, not only are they fighting an injunction against multiple neighbors, they're also facing six felonies. That means they're paying two separate attorneys to represent them. That can't be cheap. So, what is their defense? Well, according to Rick, in time, we'll know the truth. Whatever the hell that means. But here's what we do know. According to court records, prosecutors have not made an offer. And it doesn't look like they're planning on it either. So, this thing looks like it's going to trial. And if it does happen, you know I will be there. I will keep compiling new information as I get it, and when I have enough, I will post it on Patreon and Apple Podcasts first. And guess what? The moment I finished this episode, the one that you've been listening to today, two new developments happened in this case. So there will be at least one, maybe two episodes before the trial... I'm also waiting for some audio that is going to be mailed to me from one of the pre-trial conferences. So so yeah, there's there's a lot of movement in this case. As always, thank you for your support. I hope you'll stick around because I have a few crazy stories heading your way and I don't want you to miss it. Thank you so much and I'll talk to you soon.